Hey, thanks for coming. Welcome to the Love Shack. Hey, welcome to the Love Shack. It's a little place where we get to get together, explore fresh perspectives and eavesdrop on juicy conversations and uncover the mysteries that nobody talks about, but absolutely influences our relationships. If you are struggling with your special someone and or desire to create love that lasts the long haul, this show is dedicated to you. Today is episode number 70, and we are going to share feeding your passions. We're going to share with you an ultimate guide to the aphrodisiac foods for your Valentine's Day dinner. So if by chance you find yourself looking for that perfect menu to set the mood for Valentine's Day, look no further. We're going to share with you some of the best aphrodisiac foods that will have your partner wanting more. I'm Stacey Bartley, and I'm an integrative couples therapist and divorce mediator, and I'm here with my partner and co-host, Tom. Today, we also have Amy Riley, an expert in aphrodisiac foods, and she's going to talk about some of the best foods that are sure to get you in the mood this Valentine's Day. As you can probably hear, this is our Valentine's Day episode special. Whether you're looking to cook up a romantic dinner at home or you want to impress your partner with something special, I want you to know we've got you covered in this episode. So sit back, relax. And let us show you what's on the menu today. Yeah, and I, you know, I myself included. I think I thought you know, most people think of aphrodisiacs as being something exotic or strange, but that's not the case at all. So true. So we're going to talk about aphrodisiacs and how they work, what the best ones to choose are, can they really improve men and women's women's sexual health? So stay with us as we're answering these questions and more, as well as hopefully inspire you to create an unforgettable Valentine's Day. It's time to tantalize your taste buds and give your relationship a boost with this ultimate aphrodisiac guide, foods for your Valentine's Day celebration. You you got this going, right, for us? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Prepare to be amazed. <laughs> Go grab your favorite beverage and we'll be right back. I met Stacy and Tom about two years ago. I was at a point in my relationship where I was ready to file for divorce. Not that I wanted to, but I just felt hopeless and helpless. I'd been through other counseling and coaching and didn't find any success. With Stacy and Tom's methods, I was able to eliminate insecurities, set boundaries, plant my flag, eliminate rabbit holing. I was separated from my wife for a year and I have since moved back home uh, for the last six months now. I still refer back to a lot of the teaching that Stacy and Tom provided and it's helped me. It's well worth it. Learn the simple three-step system to rescue your struggling relationship by registering for Stacy's brand new free workshop. Reserve your seat by going to stacybartley.com slash workshop. Are you ready to venture off the beaten path, expand your mind, raise your consciousness, and open your heart? Allow me to entice you with interviews with amazing souls from around the world. Indulge in history, mystery, science, and spirituality. There's weekly skin tips, live esoteric readings, and answers to life's burning questions. So come join me, Sakura, your host, intuitive medium and spiritual hypnotherapist, each Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. right here on KKNW for Love from the Hip. 
This is Nathan Mum and Mike Roday from Tech Time with Nathan Mum. Hey, Mike, it's been a couple weeks now, and we're on Kixie and on KKNW. What do you think about this great relationship? I think it's fantastic. It is. You know what? I can't believe the excitement that we've gathered with our Tech Time radio show. We're so excited to be broadcasting it out all over everywhere. And of course, you can still always listen to it on KKNW 1150, Saturdays from 4 to 6 p.m., and on Thursdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Don't miss out on the best technology news without having to geek out. I think it's fantastic. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. Jack, we are your host, Tom and Stacey Bartley, along with our engineer, Eric Ryder. Great to have you with us. With us. Excuse me, I got tangled on my tongue right there. This is episode, because I'm so dang excited, episode yeah. 70. This is a Valentine's. If you're listening live or whenever you catch it, you can always you know, step back into Valentine's Day whenever you want. And if you know of anyone that's looking to spice up their Valentine's Day in a very unique way, we would uh, respectfully ask you to share this episode with them. We're really, really excited. We're going to jump right into what we call the heart of the matter. Today, we have Amy Riley is sharing her wealth of knowledge on aphrodisiacs. I love that word, aphrodisiacs, <laughs> and how they can spice up your Valentine's Day celebration. Yeah, so whether you're looking to spice up your relationship or just want an excuse to kick, cook a romantic Valentine dinner, this episode is sure to give you all the information that you need. So before we go much further in this conversation, we need to bring on the aphrodisiac specialist, Amy Riley is an authority on aphrodisiac foods and a freelance wine writer and wine competition judge. Boy, would I love to be in your shoes. She's also a speaker, cookbook author, and a consultant. She's earned her Master's of Arts in Gastronomy from France's culinary temple La Coran Bleu. Uh, while at Cordon Bleu, Riley rose to prominence in her work in culinary aphrodisiacs and released her first book that we're going to give away today on the show during our Follow the Fun moment. And I love the name, Fork Me, Spoon Me, the Sensual Cookbook. <laughs> so like if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about where we're going, that's exactly where we're going. Amy, thank you so much. And taking the time. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited. Your people are definitely my people. Oh, (laughs) yes, I know. And I knew that from the moment that you and I crossed paths and Mm -hmm. met and fell in love immediately with your work, especially after meeting your beautiful smiling face. And if we may, I would love to open up the show with an excerpt that you have in the very beginning of your book in your introduction. And I'll remember, I remember the moment I read it a few weeks ago and I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be a great opener for the show. And, And here's what she writes briefly. A man I dated two or three times offered to cook for me. Because I'm involved in the food business, most men never work up the nerve to make me a meal. I was impressed by the boldness of this invitation and yes, I was pretty doubtful about his cooking skills, but worry was overshadowed by my interest in what was clearly an open invitation to seduction. Any man who invites you over to dinner on the third date has more than whipping up souffle on his mind. The meal was delicious. The mood was electric. There was a white fish and a mango sauce, chocolate, white wine, red wine, and strong cups of coffee that carried us deep into the night. Like That took me away. 
<laughs> and that's what we want to help you do today in your very own life, Love Shack listeners. And this is why we've invited Amy to come and be with us in the Love Shack today so that we can create more moments like that. And let me just assure our, our engineer, Eric, don't worry. We've got this covered. We know we're radio live. So uh, Eric's got his finger on, on that button right, right now. So right. no worries. We got you. No way. We got you, Eric. Don't worry. <laughs> Tom, otherwise known as Radar, is here too. So we'll keep it all good. So now that we've got us all panting a little bit, um, I've got to ask the first question because when I was introduced to aphrodisiac foods, I really wanted to know, like, do they work? Like, is there really something Mm -hmm. to the science uh, as well as the stories in regards to aphrodisiac foods? And I'd love to start with you exploring that a bit with us. Well, the best way I can explain it is that if you look historically at the majority of cultures that celebrated foods as aphrodisiac, they were living in times when people were basically starving. Right. Food was never in abundance like it is now. And so when you think, you know, when when food was a scarcity that people were kind of saving these things and using for these special purposes, they clearly had to you know, see that they worked for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't until, you know, modern times that we can figure out, oh, well, that one has lots of manganese and that's really important for men's sexual health or oh, this one raises your body temperature and can cause the release of endorphins and kind of makes you feel that sort of, if you're with someone you're attracted to, you might feel a bit of that sexual feeling. That kind of thing we now can understand scientifically. But, you know, clearly, I mean, I knew when I started working on this, there weren't a lot of, there weren't a lot of scientific studies at the time. Um, I've been studying this topic for over 15 years Um, And there's an increasing number of, you know, investigations more into how food can support sexual health than anything else. But that's really important. Um, But, you know, I knew from the beginning, like these these people, like this stuff was so important to them. They had to have felt something from it. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a really good point. And I know that you point out in your book that you've actually chosen 12 foods. And the reason that you chose them was because of its not only folklore, you know, historically, the Mm -hmm. stories around the foods, but also those that had actually been scientifically researched as well. So I got to ask the question just in getting to know you a little bit more is what led you to studying while you were at Le Coron Bleu? What, What was it the inspiration? Do you have a personal story behind this besides your boyfriend? I mean, so that, and the funny thing is that wasn't actually my story. I stole that story because it was so good. Once I started writing about aphrodisiacs, people loved to come to me with these wonderful stories and I just filed them all away in my brain and just pulled them out whenever they, you know, serve me well. So um, <laughs> I, I have it. my own too, but I, I've been, I've been told some really amazing stories like that one. Um, anyway, I was working as a wine, a freelance wine writer. And I, I still, it's still like my favorite thing to write about, if I'm being honest. But I wanted to write about more of the food and wine world. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to diversify, I probably need to write about food. But I, I'm not qualified to be a restaurant critic because I really feel that you need either restaurant experience or at least, you know, a culinary degree, something further than just understanding like what good food tastes like in a restaurant. Um so that was out. And I really love folklore. And I really love the nutrition and health side of food. And when I discovered aphrodisiacs, I realized I could be writing about folklore and nutrition all in the same topic. 
And it just seemed really cool to me. So it was very challenging at first. Most of the work uh, on aphrodisiacs I could find was from an anthropological perspective. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really looked at as a culinary thing. It wasn't looked at as delicious or how can we use it or how can we have a romantic dinner? That kind of didn't exist. Um, so it was fun and challenging and I like a challenge. And so here I am. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Uh, I I love the study of what you've brought to, together here and not only using what you know from a culinary standpoint of view, but from this this wonderful way that foods affect our bodies. And I just got to ask, knowing that you are a wine lover like myself, mm, um. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought, oh, oh cheers. cheers. I actually chose one purposefully for this evening that kind of I felt lent itself well to the theme. First of all, pink bubbles. I mean, very Valentine-y, right? Mm-hmm. But also it's called, the wine is called 15 Minutes of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. So, cheers. 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 Well, and I've got to ask you, wine is an aphrodisiac, right? I mean, it certainly is for me. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Navigating the silent, complex moments of separation or your partner's need for space can feel like walking through a maze without a map. If this sounds familiar, know that you are not alone. This journey, filled with uncertainties and introspection, requires a gentle, understanding guide. Hey, I'm Brooke from Love Shack Live. We see you, and more importantly, we get it. That's why we created the Separation Support Bundle a collection of resources designed to not just guide you through separation, but to offer comfort and clarity during these times. Our separation guide offers insights and support to help make sense of your emotions and the process of separation. And for those moments when words escape you, our guide on 10 texts to send when navigating space provides thoughtful prompts to help communicate with compassion, plus a soothing separation meditation to help ease the overwhelming moments. Because sometimes all we need is a starting point or a way to start feeling okay again. Remember, you don't have to journey through these complexities of separation alone. Our separation support bundle is here to accompany you, guiding you towards healing, understanding, and most importantly, the renewed sense of self. Visit stacybartley.com forward slash bundle today to access your free separation support bundle. At Love Shack Live, we're all about exploring the real stuff that relationships bring, the good and the challenging. So let's tackle this together, because even in the hardest times, there's hope, growth, and yes, even love to be found. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, I... um. It's funny, I was just writing something about that today. I was updating. I have an article on my website, eatsomethingsexy.com. Um, it's funny. It's hard to say that to you guys without giggling. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Um, we'll giggle but, right along with you. But on eatsomethingsexy.com, I was just updating. I have an article on there about how to seduce someone with wine. And it's really built on the principles of a, of a vintner and physician, Dr. Max Lake, uh, from Australia, who discovered that the sense of certain wines replicated the sense of human pheromones. Mm, that's fun. And if you if you want to get really deep into this, you should go read the article, because um, I don't think we have enough time here to <laughs> to really go that far. But I always when when someone's like, well, what you know, one wine for a romantic occasion? I always say go with sparkling wine. Mm. Um, because I mean, if you like sparkling wine and that's a very important point with all aphrodisiacs, it has to be something that both people enjoy. Mm. My husband does not enjoy sparkling wine. 
He enjoys watching me drink it, though. <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> Tom and I went to Italy, and we came home with this love of sparkling wine. That has to be one of our nice. faves. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um, but what I was going to say is the reason I recommend sparkling wine is because it's a drink that's a bit celebratory. Like, who mm -hmm. opens sparkling wine when they're depressed? Um, and right. you know, just that pop of that cork, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, something special is about to happen. And then of course, you know, the bubbles, they enter, it makes the mm -hmm. alcohol enter your bloodstream a little faster. So you feel that little bit giddy. Um, it also means that you'll tend to drink a little less because you feel it more quickly, which is also a very good thing when you're talking about romance. Mm -hmm. I hate the word moderation, but in reality, it becomes very important, you know, if if your goal is an amorous pursuit, shall we say? Mm -hmm. yeah. to, to not yeah. lose your abilities no, in between yes, no. start to finish. Well, I would right? say right. to get the full, you know, experience of the entire evening. Exactly. Right? There's yeah. that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I want to dive into your 12 foods and I'm hoping that we have enough time for you to touch on each one and why you selected them. It was oh fascinating gosh. to read about them. Not all of them. I won't I hold you to the remember. test. It's so funny. I, so I'll this is you. my, this is my first book. I've actually written four after this. Um, and I used to, I remember when I was doing a book tour for this book and I could not remember. I just, I, now I have no idea what the 12 ingredients are at the time. I couldn't remember them to the point where I was thinking about tattooing them on my arm. <laughs> Well, we're going to go ahead and share don't them with do you, that. so don't worry about that. Don't do that. <laughs> well, you start out with almonds, which almonds. I didn't. I didn't think almonds were an aphrodisiac food. I don't know if our listeners are surprised as I was, but I didn't think almonds would be on the list. When I think of like aphrodisiac foods, I think of like oysters. I guess that's the, you know, maybe the the normal go to. Um, it's um, it's in, it's interesting too. I don't know. I mean might be interesting to ask is where do you go where it comes up for listeners when they think of aphrodisiac foods right yeah like like what do you, what comes up for you where do you go kind of a a, a cosmic blank immediately and then uh, i don't know if it would have been almonds would have been first thing to roll off my tongue so <laughs> right. please share with us amy right. why why why, so, why almonds so by the way these 12 ingredients are i selected them because they're things that you could buy yeah. In pretty much any grocery store, I didn't want to put the the things that you. I didn't want to put oysters on there, you know. Sure. Because um, you may not, may or may not be able to get them, or know how to shuck them, or whatever. Um, but but almonds, I love almonds. Almonds is an aphrodisiac. This is a good one for men. In fact, I have a list on eatsomethingsexy.com. I'm going to giggle every time I say that. <laughs> um, I have a list of the ten best foods for men's sexual health. Almonds on the list. Wow. Yes. Now all nuts are actually great for men. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but seriously, all they are, um, they're, they help support testosterone. But it's all about men's sexual health mm, okay. as far as almonds go. Um, you know, the nutrients in almonds are particularly good for men's sexual health. That being said, also good for women. Nuts are a great source of plant based protein. They also have fiber. And I know you wouldn't think of protein and fiber as like foods to turn you on. And they may not, you know, protein and fiber aren't going to turn you on in that moment, but the protein's going to help you have a nice sustained performance. Mm -hmm. And the fiber is going to help you. You need enough fiber to look and feel like your sexy self. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. The only, the only thing I've ever heard about fiber is it helps you poop. Well, and so yeah. I, I, that's immediately, <laughs> that's immediately where I go is like, but that's you so gotta wonderful. You got to keep everything moving. You know, yeah. if you don't, you don't bloat. You get enough fiber, you're not going to get bloated. Mm -hmm. I love it. So it all works all out in the end. have to be working. It all works out. <laughs> like a Rolls Royce. <laughs> machine. Yes. Yes. I love that. And almonds for men's sexual health. So I guess that mm -hmm. those are the, the ingredients that help stimulate the hormones and the rise of right. testosterone, et cetera. Oh, that's right. so great. Okay. Food number two. Number two is chili. Ooh, the spice chili. of chili. That's my favorite. Um, it's actually not my favorite to eat, which is the funny thing, but to talk about as an aphrodisiac, chili is very exciting. Um, it's one of the few foods that has an, that immediate effect. It is an absolute food of seduction. If you want to plan a dinner, a romance where you want the other person to kind of get a little turned on chili peppers, um, as long as they don't mind spice, mm -hmm. very important. Yes. Um, but chili peppers, they make your tongue tingle. They make your lip, lips plump up, which makes you look a little more kissable. They can also bring a bit of a flush to your cheeks, which I'm told psychologically equates to a sexual flush. If the person, if the person across the table has chemistry with you, it starts to equate to a sex, sexual flush in their mind. Um, and you eat enough, you can have a, like a, a rush of endorphins. Your body temperature is rising. You're ready to tear off your clothes. It's really the perfect food. Mm. <laughs> for that seductive moment. Mm -hmm. So how do we know, or if I, like if I were preparing a meal and I wanted to put just the right type or just the right amount of chili in my little dish to make you tear your clothes off, like how much would that be? Well, I mean, to get that sort of endorphin rush, you have to really eat a lot of chili. Most of us don't want to do that. There are some people who do, and for you, have fun. Um, but, you know, that little bit of chili, you'll know the, you know, the amount that you actually want to eat. If you like to go light on spice, then it's a very small amount. If you kind of like a meal with a bit of heat, then go for it. Mm, I love it. The next one is one of my personal favorites, which is chocolate. And I read in the book, it was one of your mom's, too, that she kind of inspired you with your love of chocolate. As I just so you know, as I had a little time to regather because you sprung that question on me, I can't believe I didn't think of chocolate because I love chocolate. Mm. So. <laughs> chocolate. Yes. Chocolate is probably the ultimate, like at least in the United States, it's the ultimate like emblem of food emblem of romance. Mm. It is. In fact, we did, my company did a study many years ago. Um, it was a survey and the respondents like, I think 90% of the respondents said they viewed chocolate as the ultimate romantic gift. They reviewed it as, you know, a food of romance. They were, they viewed it as a food they wanted to receive as a gift, particularly for Valentine's day. Everybody loves to get chocolate. And does it matter if it's dark versus milk chocolate? So yes, yes. yes. Is in terms of not in terms of getting it as a gift or, you know, feeling that that love feeling from receiving the chocolate. No, but in terms of the aphrodisiac effects, it needs to be dark chocolate. I'm sorry, milk chocolate lovers, but it's really all about the cacao. It's about that that you're getting those aphrodisiac effects from cacao, um, which did you know it's one of the world's most complex foods? We really don't even understand it. No, um, tell us we more. know 
we know that it has a caffeine-like effect, mm-hmm. which is helpful in terms of romance. You get a little bit of a, you're, you know, you get a little pick-me-up. Um, we know that it can also be a little bit of a mood elevator. Um, apparently, there there have been, I don't know if you've heard rumors fly around about chocolate, that it could actually even be orgasmic. No. Um, yeah. But it makes it sense. turns out, I mean, it turns out it's actually true, but a British scientist um, who apparently does not like fun, no, <laughs> he, figured, <laughs> he figured out how much chocolate it would take to have that experience. And he, he estimated that the average size woman would have to eat like 20 pounds of chocolate in one sitting or something crazy. So none of us are ever going to feel that. It could be possible if you could eat that much chocolate. <laughs> We're never going to get there. So we just have to take ourselves there in our minds. I mean, there is something in the imagination or in the senses, right? In regards to what you experience when you think of chocolate. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And you know what? It's creamy and it melts in your mouth. And, it, you know, it's like it's sweet, but not too sweet. It usually has a fairly complex flavor. It's an exciting food just to eat, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure plays a part. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can melt it and, you mm-hmm. know, you can do all kinds of things with chocolate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then it has this wonderful constitution that like hardens, you know, yes. so. Yes. If you follow it with a swig of port, it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just we know saying. what we're doing for Valentine's Day. <laughs> all, right. all right. How Next. about some figs? Figs. Oh. Figs. All oh, figs. Figs are wonderful. Um, figs. I always think of women when I think of the fig and I think, you know, the author D.H. Lawrence had a bit of an obsession with figs and women and saying the fig looked like a certain part of the woman. I see that. And so now I always think of women and figs, but I mean, I, but I see it like as this wonderful sort of misty Rubenesque kind of, you know, sensual woman. Um, But again, figs have beyond my fantasies about figs. Um, they, (laughs) they also have a number of nutrients that support sexual health. As you might've guessed, figs have a lot of fiber, which we've already covered. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, so a great aphrodisiac food there, they are a sort of plump sensual fruit that doesn't have too much sugar. So you're never going to get like a sugar rush because that's something you want to avoid because then you'll crash right when you're ready to like you know, turn, really turn on the romance. So mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. got it. You get too tired or you mm-hmm. get a headache. Yeah. Bad, bad thing. Ginger. I love ginger. And I was so delighted to see it in the book. Like, oh my gosh, I love ginger. And I love your reference to ginger, but I'm going to let you tell the story. I don't remember my reference to ginger. <laughs> the, the giggly geisha. Like the, oh, the giggly geisha. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So I do, I do love ginger. And this is a wonderful alternative to chili peppers for Mm. anyone who doesn't like a lot of spice. Ginger has a lot of the same properties. It will, I don't know if you know this, but there are a lot of limp, lip plumping glosses and lipsticks out there. They usually have a little ginger in them. Really? And so it kind of stimulates. Mm -hmm. It'll like sort of do it as an irritant and it'll plump up your lips. So when you eat ginger, you can, you know, it, it can have that effect and your tongue tingles a little and you warm up inside a little bit. Mm, no love wonder we ginger. love ginger. I do too. <laughs> I love ginger. How about honey? Oh, honey. 
Honey, actually, if you like want a food that has some proven effects as aphrodisiac, go for honey. Mm. Um, honey can produce nitric oxide. Wow. Yeah. That so could be really helpful. The whole blood flow thing. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's supposed to be good for men and women. So honey is right up there and it has some other, I mean, it has, you know, obviously trace amounts of minerals, but they're all, they're all very good for you. Now, honey is one of those things like you don't want a shot of honey because as we already talked about, it is a simple sugar Mm -hmm. and you'll have that crash. But, um, but a bit of honey is, is a very, very good choice for you. Mm, okay, mangoes. And by the way, I love Sark too. She's one of my favorite authors. Oh, I love Sark too. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Eating mangoes naked was something yes. that was kind of a mantra, I think, for some of us women back in the early 90s, you know, like, gosh darn it, I can be sensuous and sexy and I don't have yes. to feel ashamed about this anymore. And eat mangoes naked. Well, mm-hmm. really, mangoes are like a whole mango is so messy. Is there really any other way to eat it than naked? Because. <laughs> you're just kind of a mess at the end so you know once i heard oh eat mangoes naked i was like oh mangoes make so much more sense to me because if you eat them naked you can enjoy every sensual moment of this very juicy messy fruit um so there i mean mango that's it mango is the juicy messy fruit and like how can you not love that Yeah, and followed right (laughs) along by peaches. I have the same experience with peaches as well that you have also listed in the book. Um, The the peaches that, you know, they do the same thing for me as mangoes to you. Is that your case too? Oh, run down your arms. Oh, the juicy, messy fruit. You want to eat peaches naked too. Yes. And now, you know, (laughs) the peach emoji is now being, is used as sort of a, as a, as a, like in, in a sexual context. Oh. Peaches, peaches hot. I did not know that, listeners. Yeah. You heard it first here. <laughs> right inside the love Use shack. Use that peach emoji if you're trying to flirt with somebody. <laughs> How about mint? Oh, mint. So mint is wonderful for so many reasons. Um, it's one of my favorite herbs, personally. I, I mean, I think I think it's just a versatile herb that kind of, not only it, it freshens your breath, it kind of just perks you up. Um, so it's irresistible in that way. Again, it does have, although it's trace amounts of, of nutrients because you're not going to eat like a bowl full of mint like salad, but it does have nutrients to help support sexual health as well. But mostly I like it because it's the, it's the breath freshening herb. It's the kind of um, invigorating herb as well. And, and, the, and the sexual health properties, does that go both ways for men and women? Yeah. yeah. Most of them do. Although, you know, you can say, well, this one is really better for men because X, you know, because men need more whatever, whatever, or whatever. But the majority of the um, majority of aphrodisiacs, you can say, yeah, it could, it could help both sexes. Yeah. Well, and if you want to get a kiss, that's probably not a bad way to start, right? (laughs) Exactly. And, and I felt like there was this place now in the book where you start to lean towards more of the savory types of things, right? It went from the sweets to now we're talking about rosemary. And um, ooh, I, I, I just the idea of rosemary, but tell us about rosemary. You know, I, rosemary is my other favorite herb, which is why I put it in there. Um, it's, you know, it's so versatile, mm-hmm. but it's also it's good for memory, uh, which is very important. Um, you know, you got to remember what the other person likes, right? So, <laughs> <It's helpful. laughs> so you know, aphrodisiacs don't just affect like 
sexual performance. There's a whole lot going on there. You need to, you need to have your brain working well. You need to have enough energy to last long, all of these things. And so Rosemary fits and slides in there into a little area that I kind of neglected otherwise. Mm, and saffron comes right behind it. Well, saffron is the luxury spice. Mm, tell and us that's more. really, I mean, you know, it's beautiful. It has this, it gives food this deep, rich color. It's the most expensive spice. In fact, I think it is the most expensive ingredient. I, I, I don't know currently, you know, these things fluctuate, but for a while there, it was the most expensive culinary ingredient, mm. um, which fortunately you only need to use a tiny amount. So you're not going to go broke making a dinner with saffron, but um, it, you know, it's that it lends that sense of luxury and opulence, that opulent color, that opulent aroma, that it's just, and it's so unique. It's, it's a spice, but it gives like a savory meaty quality to food. Mm. It's kind of an exciting spice. So saffron fits in there very nicely. I, I um, love listening to her talk about food. Mm -hmm. Are you having that same experience? The yeah. way you talk about food is incredibly delicious. <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> uh, vanilla. How can you not love vanilla? Now, vanilla is a funny one. I, there was a study, and you've probably heard of it, the Smell and Taste Research Foundation study. I hope I said their name right. I um, haven't heard of it, but tell us. So it was the one where they found out that the scent of good and plenty candy mixed with cucumber turned women on. Oh, no. Yeah, wow. and pumpkin pie spice and lavender was the most arousing scent for men. So they did these, these were controlled studies where people were in a sleep state, um, and these things aroused them. You know, they measured blood flow. Um, but one of the things they found was that um, it was like you were, women were attracted to older men. Like the scent of vanilla. Oh, no, the, no, I know what it was. The scent of vanilla was attractive to older men. Mm -hmm. So if you want to land a sugar daddy, apparently. <laughs> Just like dab vanilla behind your ears. I mean, it was really interesting. It was really bizarre. Glazed donuts were also big with both men and women. Wow. Interesting. Well, you know, donut. where I go is, you know, in the fall, there's all kinds of, you know, jokes and, and yet they're true about women and their pumpkin pie, spice right. candles, <laughs> you know, potpourri, <laughs> yeah, aromatherapy types right. of things. Like we go gaga all of a sudden for pumpkin pie spice, right? Anything pumpkin. You know what? Every time I see it, I just start laughing because of course, I mean, that study is all I can think about for like yeah. a, an entire month. That's all I think about is that study. And like, wow, I wonder how people are doing. <laughs> <laughs> there must be something to that study <laughs> yes yeah well i mean it really it was legitimate but it was just bizarre the combinations of things that turned people on that was that was the fascinating part yeah that is fascinating when it comes to food and you wouldn't think that food had those kinds of experiences in us and yet right. when we stop to slow down and think about them they absolutely do yeah. and i love what you said here in the book where you said when you began to experiment with these 12 ingredients that she showcases in her book and then i want you to give us some menu ideas for this valentine's day okay. that we're coming up with using these ingredients um you notice that the chosen ingredients began to form these unique bonds with you and you discovered that each ingredient brought out a different side of your personality and that you could choose ingredients that changed your mood 
and enhanced whatever style of seductress you wanted to step into becoming. And that was a fascinating thought to me because I had never thought about, okay, how do I want the evening to go? And how do I want to set it up? And, you know, what is it I would like to express about myself and which foods, you know, and or wines or beverages would pair nicely with where it is I want to go. And I just thought that was such a unique mindset to come from that hopefully inspires our listeners. Like, that's possible. That's possible. We start to bring these things together. And then by the way, I want us to talk about venues too, because Mm -hmm. I love that you have that as a part of the cookbook where the venues are places where we can plan to have these wonderful savory experiences and how that all ties into all of it. So I would love for you to take a minute and kind of pull that all together. And then in the end, we can share maybe perhaps a menu idea. Okay. So, well, it's funny. I, what I thought of when we were talking before this interview, you'd ask me if there's a song that I like to listen to while I cook to kind of get in that right mood. And my response was, and I totally forgot that I'd written this in the book. My response was, I change it depending on what I'm cooking. Yes, you did. So, yeah. So I still, you know, I very much have, have always felt this way. It's like, well, what, what do I want to be today? What do I want this meal to be? And I will change everything about it. I'll change what plates I'm going to use or, you know, what size the servings are even, um, as, as well as what music. And of course, what venue are we going to eat it in front of a fire? I like to have a picnic in bed personally. That's a favorite of mine. I had the crumbs kind of bug me, but uh, okay. I admit it. I like to have a picnic on top of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> So that then we can climb in the covers. Yes, yes. no crumbs on my sheets, please. Yes. Uh, Well, and what about those of us who were taught you never eat in bed? Like, oh, you got to be a rule breaker. It's exciting. (laughs) Come out of hiding. It's safe. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and and in all, I mean, as you describe that, it just seems to make sense. You know, we have a wonderful mentor and person we highly respect Trevor Blake. I mean, he's a physicist. And so I would, my first went like, well, now you're bringing some quantum, you know, these are not woo woo, right? I mean, quantum, mm-hmm. the more that we can, everything right. is swirling energy, right? I mean, we know that from our friend Trevor, who is a scientist, mm-hmm. physicist, mm-hmm. and we can prove that now. So the more that we can get all that stir know, up the energies of the venue and the food yes, and the I mean, music, you know, create the conditions that make the result inevitable. Yeah. And do you, you know? choose an outfit for the evening as well? Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm really into the outfit part. Yes, I do. If I'm, if there's time. I mean, sometimes it's just like I just want this meal to speak for me and I'm just wearing the sweatpants I wore all day. But no, if I'm really if I'm going all out, the outfit is definitely a part of it. Mm. Yes. And so you're intentionally bringing, and this is the part that I really wanted to drive home, you know, the, the meal of aphrodisiac is this intentionality about, like you said, the plates and the food and the music and the outfits, mm-hmm. right? And the, the swirling of the mood in the air. Mm-hmm. And then you get to capitalize it by, this is what I'm hearing you say, the, the foods and what they mean and their textures and their feels right. as you feel them in your mouth and yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Just sounds delicious. I think I need to send you actually my second book. You're going to love this book even more. It's called Romancing the Stove. And in that book, I focused every recipe I tried whenever possible to have multiple temperatures and multiple textures in the mm-hmm. dishes. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like it heightened the sensual, you know, the sensuality of the meal. That's that sensory awareness is very different when you're when you're being challenged, when your senses are being challenged. 
And so that's what I, with that book, I really focused very hard on that. So I've got to send you that. Oh, that would be incredible. I would definitely read it and dive into it. So venues that you pointed out and feel free, let's let's share some venues just to kind of stir up some creative ideas here. One you highlighted right out of the gate is the kitchen and it was called the second bedroom, which I cracked yeah. up about, right? Clear the table. <laughs> totally. Yes. And then yes. Move, is there anything you wanted to say about the kitchen? Well, I mean, how big is your counter? <laughs> Well, it's pretty small, but I have a pretty oh. good sized table. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Because I've got a big island. I designed uh, my kitchen with a big island. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was very intentional. We could eat standing up and then, of course, you know, use the table for other purposes. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. How about living room? I mean, th these are just some fun ideas that you wouldn't necessarily think that you could have a romantic dinner in, right? Uh, a, a living room on the floor. Tom and I used to do picnics Definitely. on the floor like yes. that in front of the fireplace, right? Yes, it's perfect. And yeah. I love the idea of the roaring fire. Like mm -hmm. our little place that we we moved into doesn't have a fireplace. So we ordered an electric one that's fantastic and even blows oh. heat out. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's great. That's <laughs> Got to have a fireplace. And I would think fire, fireplace, you know, would be almost just right a notch or two or maybe even with chocolate when, you know, the fireplace to yeah. get, put yes. them together with yes. the fort. Yes. yes. Oh, come on. Baby, baby, yeah. baby. How about the bathtub? Would you think of that as a venue? Like for a meal and, and some wonderful time to enjoy foods and each other. I mean, uh, it depends on how big your tub is. Yes. I was yes. Just gonna because say. my house had a very, very small tub. And in fact, when we, when we remodeled, I put in a very, very large tub. <laughs> My very, very large tub would be a welcome, welcome spot for a romantic meal. But my old tub, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know. You'd have to get pretty creative to do one in a shower. But I suppose it's possible. You got creative enough. Another fun one, a backyard. You know, something outdoors. Even if it's cold, yes. you can bundle up, right? Put out yes, your blanket. Absolutely. And I just want to point out that these things are also very novel. And we talk about this in our follow the fun segment, that novelty, it just reignites all of our senses. It's not the mundane, the same old thing that yes. it really reignites and stimulates you to pay more attention, right? To be yes. attunedly present. And I would say for us, you know, for the, for the, let's just be non-chauvinistic for the male energy, shall we say, they think, oh, good gracious. But I cannot overemphasize to that energy that is listening right now that it doesn't take a lot to move the needle with just a little bit of venturing into these places that we would quickly dismiss. Mm -hmm. yes. fair, fair enough said. Fair you know, enough so, said. So, I mean, guys and the guy energy, believe me, it, it may like, oh my gosh, that's the last thing that I would want to do. But if we would just like, you know, we pound on this novelty and play, what do little children do? That's all they do. And then when we get adult, we stop doing that, which is really ridiculous. So, you know, challenge yourself just take one of these and just just i mean we're not talking about building a new house here yeah so true you know we have into the woods and we have rocking the boat which is great self-explanatory yes and and something i would love to try just so you know and and of course then we have our bed which the bed doesn't just have to be for laying down the bed could be for for many many things so I love your venue idea. And so let's put it all together now and inspire us with how to put this romantic dinner together. Ooh. Light okay. some fire, baby. Ooh. So <laughs> since I mentioned the champagne and the sparkling wine, I'm going to say start with 
that if it's what you like. Um, there's a recipe for a saffron cocktail in Fork Me, Spoon Me that, um, that I really, really love. It's called the Saffron Flirtation. And what you do is you toast the saffron threads. I had, fortunately, I have um, a friend who is Indian and a very, very accomplished home cook. So he showed me how to toast and pulverize the saffron threads mm. um, because originally I was trying it with just putting saffron threads in champagne because I thought, well, that's very pretty. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're going we're gonna to take this up a notch. It does the most amazing thing to champagne. Wow. Wow. So, so you not toast a, it actually, mm -hmm. and then you sprinkle it in the champagne. Then you sprinkle it in the Now you don't want to, you want to do this with like a brute style champagne. You don't want to do it with the pink champagne like I have. Um, it gives it like this savory quality. It makes it, it gives it this huge, voluptuous, almost meaty kind of flavor. It's amazing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So that is a great way to start. It's so surprising and it's beautiful and it's celebratory and it's so luxurious. Um, and then for a meal, I always recommend choosing lighter foods. Um, so, you know, and this is all based on your personal preference. I don't want to say, oh, everyone should have, uh, you know, I, we have an amazing baked Dungeness crab recipe on eat something sexy. Everyone should do that because not everyone wants to eat crab, but it would be a great choice. Uh, so do something that's a little lighter, whatever that means for you. Uh, avoid things that people always think they want to have or like a big steak or a big pasta dish, like a splurge kind of, you know, a quote splurge meal. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that on a romantic, a romantic occasion. Um, fish is a great choice. That fish with mango sauce that we talked about. Uh -huh. in the beginning. What a wonderful <laughs> idea. It really is a wonderful idea. Um, so choose something light. And apparently we need to end this meal with uh, a box of dark chocolate truffles and some port because mm -hmm. that sounds like it's going to be a hit around here. It does sound like it's going to be a hit around here. And and why do you suggest something light? I'm just curious. So when you eat something like, say, a steak, a, a heavy red meat, the, all your blood rushes to your stomach to digest the food. Mm -hmm. And you need to have the blood flow going Other to erogenous zones. Yes, yeah. exactly. So you don't want to have a meal where your body's having to work to digest it. You're just going to get sleepy. You're going to sure. get tired sure. uh, and you're not going to get turned on. So yeah, lighter, lighter foods are always a great choice. Oh, I'm so glad I asked that question. Well, think about it. You don't want to feel like you just had a big turkey, turkey dinner, you know, no. like you are on Thanksgiving. Everyone's laying on the floor. That probably right. wouldn't go so well. Well, wow. gosh, so if we go back to the beginning of the book where we started then, and there was a chosen, um, mango sauce, fish, mango sauce, chocolate, white wine, red wine, and strong cups of coffee. Yeah, he so knew what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say this guy was on it. He got coached by somebody really, he really was, well informed. Yeah, he was on it. That was perfect. And in fact, I know a lot of people say, no, 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 you don't end dinner with coffee. You want to go to bed. Really? You want to go to bed? What? <laughs> coffee? This is, you know, if it's a romantic meal, a little bit of coffee at the end of the meal is like one of the best choices you can make because not only will it give you a little pick me up, a little energy, but it's also a mood elevator. Oh, wow. So now you're in a really good, you've had your champagne and a little coffee. You're in a really good mood. You've had a nice light, but delicious meal. It's perfect. 
Yeah, you got that that novelty and play playing out because mm-hmm. you're having dinner somewhere new. Yes. And you've got the tunes playing in the background mm-hmm. and you can see where, okay, strike while the mood is hot, right? Is yes. that how, is that the saying? <laughs> Something yes. like that. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Strike while the mood is. Or, or the, the, the traditional, I think it's strike while the iron. Is oh, hot. yes. It's true. You're true. Yeah, true. But I, I, I was, I was tracking you. Okay. Yeah. Well, Amy, my gosh, this has been so wonderful. I, we could, we could spend quite some time here. Um, let's give a book away while you're here with us before we say goodbye okay. and part way, shall Great. we? And Great. then we're, we're, don't worry, we're going to give um, another one away during our follow the fun segment after a quick break here. But I would love to do this while you're here. Um, I love it. Yay. So we're going to ask you to pick a number between one and a hundred. Um, and then we'll have a lucky winner on the other side of this who is on our fun list. Cool. Okay. Between one and a hundred, 73. Oh, 73. Wow. So that makes it easy. I can count back 25. Oh, wow. This is Amy. Um, we'll Amy go. at coaching. Dot com. So, Amy, you are the winner of yes. yes Fork Me, Spoon Me. How perfect was that? Like that's And share with us one more time, where can people learn more about you and your wonderful body of work? You can find me at eatsomethingsexy.com, <laughs> spelled <laughs> just like it sounds. I didn't even laugh that time. And, you know, if people have questions for me, I love to answer questions on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter at Fork Me, Spoon Me. Beautiful. Mm, I love that. Thanks so much. Happy yeah. Valentine's Day Happy to you. Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's been smoking wonderful to be here with you. <laughs> Very you. tantalizing. Yes. <laughs> Bye-bye, Amy. Bye. We're, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and give an, away another book here. So don't go away. Um, and then we're going to talk about some Can You Feel It and just really help you set the mood right here for upcoming Valentine's Day. We'll be right back. Hey, babe, did you know that the average couple spends only two hours a day with each other? And the majority of that time is spent eating, watching TV and surfing social media rather than connecting with each other. And if children are involved, my gosh, it's even less time than that. I know, babe. That's why you created our conversation cards for connection because they're the perfect conversation starter. So the next time you're sitting on the couch, rather than turning on the TV or grabbing your phone, pull out a card and get ready for some good old fashioned laughter and love and connection. Yeah, you can get your cards at stacybartley.com. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back inside the Love Shack. Whoo, that was smoking hot there. Thank you so much to Amy for setting our Valentine's Day right, if you will. We're going to step right in to follow the fun and give another book, another one, excuse me, of Amy's book away, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to need some wonderful help from our wonderful engineer extraordinaire, Eric, outside of number 73, which has already been taken. And I'm sure Eric has taken copious notes to plan his Valentine's Day dinner (laughs) as well, right? Yeah, Eric, what was your favorite part? (laughs) Oh, yeah, the lack of oysters. (laughs) (laughs) I think that you live in Seattle. That's probably, right, a a welcome. Do you have a lot of oysters that you come upon in? It, yeah. yeah, there's there's definitely plenty up here, but I'm not a fan, and I wouldn't know the first thing about shucking them. So, <laughs> I, I I was with her on that, you know. Avoid the oysters. I, I'm not an oyster fan either, so I was really happy she didn't include those as well. All right, sir. What what number speaking to you besides seventy three? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go with. Tw- 
25. 25. Okay, this is cork at gmail.com. And there's a whole nother piece in there, but cork blank at gmail.com. You're also a winner. And we'll reach out to you. And we'll just ask you for a mailing address and off it will go to you. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. And if you get us your uh, physical address here quickly, when we reach out to you later this evening, we will get it off before Valentine's Day. There is incredible recipes in here. We didn't talk about this, but there are such wonderful recipes here drinks desserts appetizers main courses etc so if you're not on our fun list we're going to encourage you to get on our fun list because we absolutely give giveaways like this the first of every month and on special occasions when we just feel like we want to as well and so to set the mood now like the final piece to our wonderful valentine's dinners we got to set the mood right we got to do that is this a hard song for you to pick oh there's so many but this one right here Alina Barras and the Golemites. I didn't think say that right. Gala. Anyway, this urban flora right here. If Tom ever wants to get me in the mood, this is the one that he needs to put on. Um, and I've actually done a teeny tiny bit of research where others have told me about this song and they too, when they wanted to get romantic or, mm. or get, you know, some action going, they would put it on in the background and girls just happen to and love I'll this. Just song. give a reminder, everything about, if you're listening live, thank you so much. We appreciate that. But you know, just because we don't want you to write, or if you're listening on podcast, you know, everything is in one place, all of our show notes, all of our resources. In fact, we're really excited. Not too long ago, our daughter introduced the full episode is transcribed as well, if you want it. And it can all be found on our podcast page, if you will. Yeah. And as the song says, you know, I can give you what you need. You make me feel all right. Ooh, it's so sexy. So as Tom has already said, go check out our playlist and enjoy. You can have that playing in the background. So I think we've given you everything you need for an incredible Valentine's Day mood setter, right? The food, the venue ideas, the music. All it and takes then, is your 100% buy-in. Yeah, and maybe a fun little outfit to top it all off. I can't wait to see what you wear. All right, <laughs> it's time for us to say goodbye. It's great to be Ooh. here with you. Happy Valentine's Day, whatever that means for you. And and, and my recommendation is we do Valentine's Day all the well, time. Well, and not to be a you know a spoiler, but if Valentine's Day like you know is like the farthest thing for where you find yourself right now, maybe with you and your special someone, look, we understand that. All kidding aside, so if this is sometimes these types of days can be really difficult because you're not in a very good place, and I would just encourage you, you know, reach out to us. You know, crossing our fingers and hope that things go away is not a good strategy, mm-hmm. and this is what we specialize in. So reach out to us. We'd be honored to assist you and help you take your next best step. Oh, and you can always do one of these dinners for yourself. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Until we see you next time. Thanks so much for being here in the Love Shack with us today. Thank you, Amy Riley, for your delightful experience here with us, sharing your wonderful words of wisdom and inspiration. Come on back next week and we'll share more conversations with you around sex, love and relationships right here in the Love Shack. Until we see you again, sending you off with a big squeeze. Bye bye for now. Thanks for joining us today in the Love Shack. We hope you came away with something that made your toes tingle. To learn more about everything you heard on today's show, go to stacybartley.com slash podcast. Love the show? Help us spread the love by sharing the show with others. Okay, everybody. Time to go. 
we got to close the doors to the Love Shack for this week. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Come back next week, though, and join us for another edition of Love Shack Live with Tom and Stacey Bartley.